Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. It was Jesus Christ who said, If anyone would come after me, he must first deny himself, then take up his cross and follow me. If there ever was a time that we need to have people committed to following Christ, it is now. The world is in turmoil. Every time you look at the news, there's troubling reports about murders, viruses, and calamities in our city and around the world. The only hope we have is in Christ Jesus. As you listen to these messages, I want you to consider your commitment to follow him and your commitment to share your faith with others so they can come to know him as well. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. I have been teaching through the book of Mark for the last several months. And as we have progressed through the book of Mark, we have seen Jesus Christ do some amazing things as he has ministered to people. Last time we were here, we looked at Mark chapter 8, and in this passage, Jesus calls the crowd and his disciples to himself and is now giving them the opportunity to make an eternal decision. Until now, the crowd has been enjoying the blessings and the benefits of being around Jesus. There are blessings and there are benefits whenever you get close to God. But now he's telling them what is required then if they are going to not just be around him, but they are going to belong to him. They're going to belong to him. As I was thinking about this message, I can see that Jesus is getting the disciples and he is trying to get those in the crowd to be committed because he knows what's coming up. There are going to be some turbulent times coming up for the believers and he needs only those who are committed because those are the ones who are going to carry things on. This week, somebody walked into a classroom and lined up some students and asked them, what is your religion? And when somebody said, I'm a Christian, he said, well, good, because you're getting ready to meet your God, and he shot him in the head. If they were not a Christian, he shot him in the leg. Here's what I was thinking. The second person that he asked that question to, what are they going to say? No, not what are they going to say. If they were asking that question to me next and to you, tell the truth. What are you going to say? Tough question, isn't it? Well, it's going to come to that. Jesus now is beginning to separate the committed from the crowd. So right now we're in the crowd, but there's going to be a day that you're going to have to find out who's committed. So are you a Christian or not? Let me know. A few weeks ago we had Dr. Parker who was talking here and he said that, uh, some of you don't remember, maybe you didn't catch this one phrase that he said. He was in a foreign country, a third world country, and the guerrillas or the 
people with their guns came in and they put a gun to his head and threatened to kill him. And he says, you're telling me you're threatened to kill me with sending me to the presence of the Lord? Is that the only thing you got? You're going to threaten me with sending me home. That's the attitude we're going to have to get. So I thought I'd set you up. Now that I have your attention, we're going to look at this passage because Jesus is getting ready to ask some very poignant and tough questions to these people. And then he's asking it to us as well. Mark chapter 8 verse 34. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, when they're in their classroom and somebody asks them what their religion is, I thought I'd throw that in there. The Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Jesus is now, in effect, separating the committed from the crowd. Now, if you're here today and after today's message, you think the pastor is picking on me, the pastor's stepping on my feet, the pastor's aiming at me, well, I want to tell you, you just picked the wrong day to come. (laughs) Because this is where we are in the message And I didn't know you were coming. So I'm not trying to hit you. But I'm not trying to miss you either. Jesus is getting ready because he has an understanding of a big picture that we don't have a good understanding of. This is what he told the crowd in Matthew chapter 7 verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate for Wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. He said there's a wide road with a big crowd in it. And it looks like that's the way to go because everybody is going that way. The end of that road is destruction. But there is another way, and it's narrow, and there's a few people that's walking in that road, but the end of that road is life. Jesus is only interested, and God is only interested in the finality of, of our destination. One is destruction, and one is life. One is death, and one is life. One is eternal death, and one is eternal Life. That's the only thing that God and Jesus is interested in. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish eternal death, but shall have everlasting life. Everything else in between is just activity. But he says, when push come to shove and everything is over, 
you only got two roads and two destinations. So he begins with three primary and vital decisions one must make to be the one who is committed. We talked about this last time. These are the three things you ought to do. Number one, deny yourself. Secondly, take up your cross. And thirdly, follow Jesus. And then Jesus makes this statement in verse 35 that seemed to be contradictory. He says, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. If you want to save your life, you're going to lose it. If you lose it, you're going to save it. He said, well, what does he mean by that? The Lord is saying, whoever lives only to save this earthly life, his ease and comfort and acceptance by the world will lose his opportunity for eternal life. The word life here is not bios in the Greek, which means our physical being. It means suke, that word, Greek word suke, your, your soul. The real you that's on the inside that's not going to die. We, we all know when we go to a funeral, they say, well, you know, we know they're in a better place. That means everybody got an understanding that something else is going to go on when you shed this body. They may not have a good understanding, but we got an understanding that this ain't it. That suke, that soul is a part of us which, which is our will and what we think with and what we feel with. It is the willpower, the reasoning, the emotions, the personality, the, the activities and hopes and disappointments and aspirations. And that is the person who desires to live so that they will find their own self-gratification and have no regard for what God thinks about their life. God who created man in his own image. God who, who has a, a purpose for man. God who says, I, I know the plans I have for you. We said, we don't care about that. I got my own thing. The whole problem with man is that we have a natural desire to be the boss in our lives and ignore God's principles for living. We all know that. We, we grow up with that whole system of thought and system of idea. And we write songs about it and we know how we do it. One song say, I did it my way. And we say, look out for number one. Everybody knows you're supposed to look out for number one. Who you going to look out for? Number one. Who's number one? Me. I'm number one. Look out for number one. Do your own thing. Do your own thing. Do your own thing. Or what about this? If it feels good, what? Do it. If it feels good, do it. It doesn't matter what God says about it. If it feels good. Now they have this thing where you got, it's my truth. You have your truth. And I have my truth. Well, I'll tell you what you got. You got your lie, and they got their lie. Because there is only one truth. There ain't no your truth and my truth. There is truth, and there is lie, uh, error. There ain't no my truth. What You're going to make it look good. So I got to paint this picture so I can do and justify who I am and why I'm here and how I need to function. 
And we'll say this when somebody get on our case. This is my life and I'll do with it what I want to do with it. This is my life. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about that attitude. The person that says, this is my life. I'll do with it what I want to do with it. It's my own thing. You can't tell me what to do. I'm number one. I look out for number one. He says, I'm talking to you. If you want to save your life, you can save your life in this world, but you're going to lose it. See, the Bible calls this attitude sin. That's what sin is. Sin is saying, I run things. Nobody run me but me. I do what I want to do. You can't tell me what to do. But Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray, and each of us have turned to our own way. This is our own way. Even while we're sitting in the church and we're hearing the word of God. You first come in and start reading the scriptures. You're happy because God wrote the word until you find something you don't like. You know, oh man wrote that. <laughs> you know, man wrote that. Let me find another version. Let me go see if I can find something else to go around that. Because we don't want to do those things that God has required of us because it is not normal and natural for us. That's why when you come to Christ, and when I came to Christ, I said I was born again. And you ever hear people say, I gave my life to the Lord? I gave my life to the Lord. In fact, the scripture says, when you come to Christ, you are no longer your own. You have been bought with a price. So you can't do the things you used to do because you don't belong to yourself anymore. That's the way the saints used to be. But now people come in and they just claim to be saved and nothing changed in their life at all. They're still running everything. God can't tell them anything. The preacher can't tell them anything. Nobody can correct them without them getting mad and, and, and getting offended and torn and want to leave the church. Why? Because they really haven't changed. And Jesus is coming to say, I know y'all been standing around here listening to my messages. I know you've been eating the fish and the loaves. I know you've been watching the woman with the issue of blood and you were just cheering her when she got healed. I know you was at Jairus' house when the daughter came back to life when I laid hands on her. And y'all say, man, this is great. I want to hang around with him. But Jesus said, now I'm, I'm going to tell you what's really coming up. Here's what the word of God tells us about ourselves. In 1 John 2.15, do not love the world or anything in the world. Don't you love this world or anything in the world? If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and does, does not come from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires will pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. The world and its desires are going to pass away. And you're going to pass away too. I was thinking about this. And I, I got online and I looked up. I said, I wonder how many people die every day. you have any clue about how many people die daily? There's 56 million people die every year. 
56 million people die in the world every year. 56 million. There's two people die every second. It comes to 56,000 people a day. And I thought, man, that's got to be a long line wherever they're going. And it's a lineup. It's a traffic jam somewhere. Because we are getting out of here. Jesus is talking to the people on one level on the earth and they're listening to him. And he said, listen, I'm just going to tell you something that you all don't know. He's not talking like somebody who's trying to get to heaven to see if what we are told about is true. We used to sing a song, I'm running to see what the end's going to be. I believe I run on. Remember that song? And see what the end's going to be. And I, I thought about that the other day and I'm thinking, we should know what the end's going to be. I don't want to see and be surprised. But here's the thing about Jesus Christ. He came down from heaven. He already know what's going on. He says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I got the eternal perspective. I know exactly what's going on. I know exactly how things are going to play out. I know exactly what the end is. I know what eternal life look like. I know what hell fire look like. So I'm telling you, if you want to invest all your chips in this world and run things in this world for just a, a, a fraction of a moment, go ahead. Because there's an eternity. If you're going to invest in the short term versus the long term, go ahead. Here's what he said in John chapter 6 verse 37. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. I've come down from heaven. I've come down here. I know where I come from. I know what the whole plan is. And here we have an advocate, we have a savior who's saying, I am telling you what the plan is. I'm telling you how it's going to work out. So don't invest all of your capital. Don't invest all of your time. Don't invest all of your energy. Don't bet on this life. It's not going to last. That's why Paul says in Philippians 2.5, your attitude should be the same of that as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And after he was obedient to God, therefore God exalted him to the highest place. And gave him the name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here's what Jesus is saying in this passage. If you want to invest all your time and effort and energy for this temporary life, I'm here to tell you that this is not all there is. I'm here to tell you, this is not all there is. There is an eternity that goes on and on and on and on. He said, I didn't just come so you can enjoy the miracles, the fish, and the loaves. I came so that whoever believes on me would not perish but have ever." 
everlasting life. So what did he say? Verse 35, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. And then he asked this question. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit or lose his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? I want you to think about those two questions. What good is it for you to gain? Uh, the King James says, what profit, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose your soul? I mean, some of y'all like to play cards and bet and all that kind of stuff. You say, okay, what are you going to put your money down on? You're going to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Is that okay with you? you say, hey, I'm just having a good time. And people just don't know. They, oh, when I get to hell, I'm going to be there with my friend. We're going to party. Uh, no, it ain't going to be quite like that. You just need to read the story of Lazarus and the rich man that Jesus told. He says, let me just give you a glimpse of how this is. There was a rich man that had all of his riches and all of those kinds of things. And Lazarus was at his gate as a poor beggar. And they both died. Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom and the rich man lifted up his eyes in hell. And the rich man was over there and he said, oh my goodness, can I just get somebody to go back and tell my brother, don't come here. If I just could dip my finger in a little water and cool my tongue, I'd be all right. The Lord said, no, no, no. We ain't going to go back and send nobody to tell nobody because they didn't believe me when I was talking to them. You got one chance for your eternal destination. There are no do-overs. You can't be in the line going to hell talking about, wait, 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 wait. The pastor didn't tell me nothing about this. Then I want to show you my picture. That one did. See, there's an opportunity for the exchange right now. You can live like you want to and enjoy your life to the fullness for a while. There are two times in the scriptures this concept is listed. With God, one day is as a thousand years to a man. One day with God is like a thousand years to us. So I took that. And I looked at that and I converted it. If one day is as a thousand years, what is one hour with God? One hour is 42 years for man. One minute with God is 8.5 months for a man. And with God, one second is four days. That's why sometimes when you're praying and God takes so long to answer, he says, give me a minute. I've been praying, Lord, for months. Lord, just say, I just got with me a minute ago. There's a big difference between being committed to church and being committed to Christ. This is Jerry G. Martin. There are many people who think they have it made by just going to church. But it is the Lord Jesus Christ who said, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? These messages or to remind us of our commitment to come to him and to follow him and allow him to be the Lord of our lives. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily, Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message or previous messages that you've heard on this station. I want to be sure that all of you who are listening 
have made a commitment to Christ Jesus. If you haven't done so, you can do so now. We have a member of our prayer team that is available to pray with you about coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Call us at 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. Visit us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. Watch our live stream services Sundays at 10 a.m., And of course, you can join us in person. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road, 10 o'clock each Sunday morning. If you have a need for Bibles, Sunday school books, offering supplies, communion supplies, or church supplies, call us at the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus at 281-441-2885. 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying... May the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.